That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman, and we're here to preview Indiana's spring football event uh, that is coming up on Saturday, April 15th at 11 a.m. in Bloomington Memorial Stadium. It'll be the the uh, first time the Hoosiers have hosted a spring game open to the public in quite some time uh, due to COVID and then last year wanting to keep things under wraps. Um, but I think they've made the right call this year uh, are inviting fans in, have an indoor tailgate in the south end zone in the Performance Center um, over there, which should be cool for fans. It's it's not a place that I've actually been into in Memorial Stadium, so I'm looking forward to, to poke my head in there, not only for some food, uh, but to, to get a look at uh, some of the facilities down there. There'll be a scrimmage um, as well. It, it looks like, uh, at least according to the media info we got, um, so practice will begin at 11 a.m. inside Memorial Stadium, and then the, there will be a scrimmage from 11.30 to 12.30, uh, and I believe Tom Allen will address the crowd after the scrimmage, and then there'll be um, like autograph sessions with players on the field and stuff like that, hopefully the weather holds up. Um, I've been watching the forecast and rain is in the forecast, but it should be later in the afternoon, hopefully after all the festivities in Bloomington, but I'm happy that spring football's back. Fans get a look at this team. Uh, unfortunately, it's not streaming anywhere. Uh, I understand that it, it's practice. Why are you going to broadcast or practice, but invite fans in, uh, get the kids involved and, and things like that. Uh, but TJ, what are your first impressions of of the spring football event? Uh, one, as a dad and a fan, and then two, uh, as somebody who covers IU football. I think it's necessary. I mean, you're you're attempting to, uh, you know, build fan interest in the program. Uh, one of the key ways that, that you can do that certainly is events like this. You know, build connections. You know, if a, a young fan or somebody that's even adjacently interested in IU football goes to this event, has a good time, and makes a connection with one of the coaches or makes a connection uh, with one of the players and, and has a memory built in from there, that person is far more likely somebody that's going to pay attention to IU football, buy tickets, uh, support NIL. Um, I think that, you know, that's what you're looking for from a, a fan and program standpoint is make those memories, make those one-on-one -on -one connections with the fans and the players and coaches, of course. Um, and this is one of the main events that, that can accomplish that. Uh, number two, I, I do think it's important for the players to end spring football with some type of interaction with the fans, being able to play in front of people, 
um, in some type of live setting, I think is helpful, even if it doesn't really replicate what they're going to get uh, in a in a game. So I, I think agree. that's helpful as well. Um, and then for the, the coaches, I think you're you're just looking for an opportunity to one get some work in, two get everybody healthy, but three maybe see does anybody jump out uh, in in that live setting? Does anybody elevate themselves a little bit? and give the coaches something to think about heading into the summer workouts. Um, so that the initial impression is it's important uh, to build those connections between the players and the fans. And, and that's one of the primary ways that you can create a lifelong fan is giving them that memory that they carry forward. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. And I, I think playing in front of fans, you kind of, get a little bit of pressure it's not going to be the pressure you're facing in the opener against right. Ohio State or even in any game like even when you're playing Indiana State no disrespect to, to Indiana State but you do have you you are showing what you have to the outside and that creates a little bit of pressure which you know you, the coaches will see what what people are made of um you know, there'll, there'll be some accountability there and, you know, fans will get a firsthand look to where they're not guessing off of what we write or what they write over at Peegs or any of the other IU sites. Um, TJ, what are you looking for in in the spring scrimmage? Um, you know, the, yeah. they'll have a, a live scrimmage session. If it is like a practice, which the way it was explained to us by Jeremy Gray, it was like a real, like a practice they do have like a scrimmage portion of practice um, and they go a couple drives and, and things like that, but it is full go. What are you looking for um, in this, in this spring practice that could give you something tangible uh, going into the summer and fall camp and like, Hey, this is what IU could hang their hat on, or this needs to be improved. Right. Yeah, I would assume you're also going to see as part of that scrimmage or just part of the practice, probably some situational football like a two-minute drill, um, but possibly some red zone uh, type situations. So, you know, you're looking for those situational type things from a standpoint of what you're looking for. I know that the obvious answer is quarterback. Uh, you know, you want to see like, how does, how does Thorsby, Taven Jackson, uh, Brock Lowry, how do those guys look uh, in, in live action? I think you're going to look for that. Now, they're no contact, of course. You're not going to be seeing them taking sacks or, uh, you know, getting hit when they run outside the pocket. So it, it is different than, than what an actual game is for them. But that's one that jumps right away. Now, moving past the obvious, what I'm looking for is along that defensive line, who steps up beyond the guys that we feel real confident about. Uh, and this is going to be a theme for Indiana. It has been all spring, it will be during the summer. They need to find guys beyond those starters. They need to find guys beyond Andre Carter. Uh, I think you feel good about Carter, Patrick Lucas, uh, Ladarius Cox. 
Philip Woody, and uh, Linnell Carr. And I feel really good about them. And then Marcus Burris probably as well. He's been limited um, during the spring. But, you know, that gets you five or six guys, right? They really need being conservative. You need eight. And to feel really good, you probably need nine or ten uh, that, that can rotate in up front and you feel like there's not a huge drop off. Um, you know, Nick James is a guy that uh, I think you'd be hoping for. Uh, Jamari Monet, perhaps, and Sneed. Um, I, I want to see how those kind of second and third uh, line guys on the defensive line play. And I want to see how they interact and go up against the offensive line. Uh, that battle is one that I think is going to be particularly interesting to watch. Obviously, new position coach for the offensive line, Bob Bostad. Um, you know, this is his first spring with the practice or with the uh, with the program. His first opportunity to really work with these players, largely the same personnel that IU had last year, just a year older. Uh, they did add Matt Longman, um, but really, you're looking at at mostly the same group of guys plus the incoming freshman like William Larkins, um, freshman from Florida, has been in uh, for the spring. But, you know, you're you're looking at the same personnel. So what has Bob Bostad been able to do to develop them and how do they go against the revamped defensive line that features Andre Carter, who's Rob, I think it's fair to say uh, – on paper, the best defensive lineman that I use had here in a in a little while. Um, so, I think that that battle between the developing offensive line, which is a work in progress, it's not going to be a you know done. But you're looking for have they progressed? Do they look better? Can they do it on a consistent basis? You're looking for that versus that defensive line and who steps up after those top, you know, five or six guys on the line. Um, that's kind of the, the first two things that really jump out at me. Yeah, well, you know, everybody's going to want to know about the quarterback battle, and they're not going to yeah. pick a starter, nor should they. Let this thing play out. Both of them have been very even um, throughout spring ball you know one guy looks great one day the next day the next guy looks better than him and and all that uh, I do think it's down to a two-man race um, and it's between yeah. Haven and uh, Brandon Sorsby and Brock Lowry's kind of you know true freshman in for his first spring he's definitely the fastest of the three quarterbacks in terms of running so maybe there'll be a wildcat package uh, in the goal line with him. I know we say that every year with somebody and it never, ever happens. Um, but he's definitely the fastest of the three, but it's definitely a two-man race between um, Soresby and Taven Jackson. Uh, and that's, you know, you're looking for crisp throws. Uh, you're looking for, um, you know, throws the side, like all the throws that you want to see in a, a Big Ten game you want to see in this scrimmage now they know they're not going to get hit so that it's not the pressure that you're usually going to be under but 
you still feel the heat a little bit and uh, you know, you'd like to see them take care of the ball, not throw picks, uh, not, I mean, if they fumble it, it's real bad because of not being tackled. Um, yeah. But you want to see yeah. how they connect with these receivers and, and things like that. And offensively, the offensive line, it is going to be tough to tell how much they've improved just based on you're going against your own guys until you go against somebody else. Yeah. It's going to be really hard, but what you could tell and what I could tell from very early on in spring practice is that the, the toughness of just the drills um, that Bob Bostad has been putting them through. It's been ramped up a lot from where it was under Darren Hiller. So you hope that there's no blown assignments or anything like that. And you hope that the offensive line has a good day because if they don't, the, the fans who are there are going to go on the message boards and on social media and just absolutely destroy the offensive line and uh, yeah. kill the momentum for the season and things like that. But, you know, if, if they do have people have bad days, it's just what happens. Um, but you could definitely tell they're more physical you want to see them play with the right technique. And like you said, TJ, be consistent. To me, um, yeah. all eyes are also going to be on Jalen Lucas. He's he's just a different kind of player, especially when you see him up close on the sideline. Um, you know, it looks like, oh, here he comes, there he goes. And his speed and he's so low to the ground is different. A guy I really want to keep an eye on um, is Cameron Perry. I, I think he's going to be a special player too. Yeah. Um, as good as Jim yeah. Lucas is, he, he might be right in there. Yeah. But let me ask you two things. First, having seen Brock Lowry in person, and I, I think you're right. I mean, every, everything that we've read and, and heard from the coaches um, seems to indicate it's Sorsby versus Taven Jackson. Um, which is not an indictment of Brock Lowry. I think that he's right where, you know, he should be. Um, and ideally you, you get to redshirt him this season, but uh, having seen Brock Lowry in person from a physicality standpoint, uh, you know, one kind of uh, comparison that I've seen made is, Brock Lowry is a more athletic version, uh, just a little bit slightly faster version uh, of Peyton Ramsey. Do you think that that's a uh, a fair comparison to make at this point in his career? Peyton Ramsey was pretty fast. Um, I don't think right. people yeah. really, he was pretty I, fast. Yeah. Um, I, I would call him a thicker Peyton Ramsey. Um, at least at the, at the same point in their careers. I, I think he's a more developed, exactly. you know, a more developed, uh, I guess, young man at this point in, in terms of, of stature. Um, but he reminds me a lot of Peyton Ramsey. I have not really seen him throw all that much in, in game situations uh, like, like Ramsey, but you could scoot. Um, and that's a fair comparison. I do think he's just a little bit more built out than Peyton Ramsey was as a true freshman. But times have changed. Peyton Ramsey was a true freshman in like 2017. So that was, what, sure. six years ago and different strength staffs and, and things like that. 
So that's a good comparison. And, you know, it's not a knock on, on Brock Larry that he's not really being mentioned by the offensive coaches as uh, those are the, you know, the, it's a three-man competition. It's a two-man competition. And I think that's fine um, because if you got to start staggering quarterbacks now, uh, Taven Jackson yeah. and Brandon Sorsby are in the same class. And I think my biggest fear um, is if, for whatever reason, the name is starting quarterback and it's Taven Jackson that Brandon Sorsby would leave. And IU only has three scholarship quarterbacks. I don't see them bringing in a transfer quarterback unless it's like the third guy on the bench. Um, like a guy like Chance Nolan, he's going to want to start. He's probably going to say, guarantee me the starting spot. And IU should not do that. No. That, that's how you end up in a Connor Basilak type of situation. And that's kind of the trap I use fallen in, in the last two years is that they had their, their heart set on a guy, uh, whether it be Penix trying making sure, you know, thinking he was ready. He might've been ready physically, but mentally getting in those reps and, and put him out there against Iowa. Um, I, I think really, hurt his development at IU and his career at IU. And then last year with Basilek, clearly if you're going to run an offense that you need a mobile quarterback, Connor Basilek wasn't it. And I said that all fall camp. And I know people are like, well, it's going to be Connor Basilek because I saw it from the parking lot. It made no sense that, he, yeah, he had a strong arm and, yeah, they went 3-0. But Jack Tuttle was the better dual threat quarterback. And then you saw what Dexter Williams could do with his legs too, and the kind of offense they ran with that. So yeah, I need to be patient and the fans need to be patient with the quarterback situation. One, because they need the quarterback depth. You cannot go into the season after two plus years that you've gone through like a million quarterbacks with two scholarship quarterbacks and think you're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think in a perfect world, you get Taven and you get Soresby, uh, or, or the guys who play, and you get Brock Lowry, a redshirt freshman year, and then you see you you, you build from there. Um, yeah, that, that's what's going to happen. Well, um, but yeah, I, go ahead. I think you know you mentioned you mentioned uh, Cam Perry, and, and that does bring up kind of my next point uh, or my next thing that I'm looking for. And again, it's a spring game we're not going to see, you know, them dip full into the bag of tricks and give away any state secrets here. But uh, I'm very interested to see how the offensive staff utilizes the personnel that they now have. Because I think that there there is an interesting personnel grouping and some potential for some really fun packages with Cam Perry, Jalen Lucas, and a second running back, maybe a Josh Henderson or a Christian Turner, obviously, uh, on the field at the same time. So multi-back sets with Cam Perry in the slot, uh, you know, and, and then like a McCauley, Cam Camper, or EJ Williams as, as your receivers. Um, I, I think that what I want to see is any type of, not even innovative, but just uh, good utilization of 
the talent that you've acquired getting Jalen Lucas the ball in space, getting Cam Perry some touches, getting uh, some multiple back sets on the field, because I do think that I use personnel, uh, that would make sense. Having Lucas and Henderson on the field at the same time, uh, both in the backfield, flanking Taven Jackson or Thorsby. I think that that type of thing would be well-suited to what IU has personnel-wise. So I'm curious to see just a little peek at the offense um, and the utilization of the personnel. Uh, and I, I mentioned Donovan McCauley, so that is a guy that I, I would like to, to get eyes on. Uh, you know, we've, we've certainly read reports, and you've seen him as well, uh, drop a little bit of weight. Um, not that he was out of shape, but I mean, he, he went from 10% 10, 10 body fat to six. If only we were so lucky. Right. No. And it's me, like me saying, oh, he dropped some weight. Yeah. That sounds like he's, you know, Luka Doncic out there, you know, laboring through a, an NBA game when really, no, he was in incredible shape. He's in even better shape now. And he felt he could be a little quicker uh, at this little bit lighter weight and by all accounts that has been the case I know people that have seen practice have been very impressed uh, by McCauley's progress uh, fellow players in media sessions have mentioned Donovan McCauley as a guy that has come a very long way as a wide receiver and not just a guy an athlete playing wide receiver uh, so I'm curious to see him in addition to you know, newcomer E.J. Williams, Jaquise uh, Carter is not in for the spring. He'll be a part of the rotation. But E.J. Williams, Cam Perry, and Donovan McCauley jump out as guys that, uh, you know, I, I just want to see uh, on the field and see kind of the progress that they've made. And E.J. Williams as a newcomer, transfer from Clemson, a lot of talent as a vertical threat. Uh, to be able to go and get the ball on deep ball situations or uh, being used, you know, uh, in red zone situations, given his height. He could run by. Athleticism. So that, I think, um, are three guys at the wide receiver spot that I'm, I'm curious to see. And then that brings it into the other part of concern, which is the defensive backfield. Yeah. Totally new group which is not a bad thing because it, that group underperformed for the past couple of years. Uh, but I mean, you're going to need your, you know, your media guide to, to keep track of everybody in the defensive backfield because it is largely a new group built by incoming freshmen, guys that registered last year uh, or right. just played limited minutes or limited snaps or transfer portal guys. I mean, yep. um, just, how that group is developing is going to be a storyline to watch. Uh, that's an area that that and defensive line depth are areas that I think you're going to see additions after the spring as IU hits the portal again. Uh, but seeing how that secondary, which really only has one guy coming back that you feel great about, which is Noah Pierre, uh, and possibly Josh Sanguinetti, depending on, you know, your your mileage for him. It's a, a 
totally new group that I'm excited to see how they battle against what I feel is a, a talented wide receiver room. Yeah. And, you know, what's going back to the wide receivers real quick, I use more diverse at wide receiver than they have been in the last, I don't know, two or three years. I, I, Good point. I would say yeah. they're probably even more diverse than when they had WAP because he had WAP and then a bunch of six, three guys who like Ty Freifogel. Um And not saying that they were bad, but there was no diversity of it. You have, now you have, you could throw Jalen Lucas out there. You could throw um, Cam Perry, EJ Williams. Mm -hmm. I've seen him blow by the defense a couple of times. Whether or not that's an indictment of IU's defense or his speed, he's been open downfield on go routes or fly routes a lot. Um, and, you know, he'll, he'll get open. Uh, you have a guy like Donovan McCulley, who's another big body receiver, um, you know, to dust off somebody who IU fans probably forgot about, Jock has uh, Smith. He, he has quietly, I think he was injured, but he has quietly worked his way back into the rotation. And he has made some really nice catches in spring practice. And he's a former four-star wide receiver. He's now a redshirt sophomore, 6'1", 202. He's another guy you throw into there. Um, you'll get Cam Camper back, another 6'2", you know, quicker receiver. So you're going to get some guys and have some diversity in there um, that's going to make this offense a little bit more fun to watch. In the secondary, yeah, it's especially with opening with Ohio State with those receivers, it's going to be yeah. – I wouldn't put much stock into how they perform outside of their effort. If they put forth the great effort yeah. and, and, you know – don't quit and, and keep and like look okay. Um, you can live with that, but you're gonna have a lot of um, growing pains, I, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're going against a starting NFL wide receiver. I mean, a Marvin Harrison Jr., if he was in the NFL this coming, you know, season, he would probably be starting for the majority of teams. Oh, he would be a top 10 pick. Yeah, Easy. yeah. He's a ridiculous talent that really, I mean, he's too good to be playing in college this coming season. I mean, he's by far uh, the best wide receiver in the country coming back. So, you know, oh, if I, if I see anybody complaining, man, Harrison Jr. just torched this secondary, we're doomed. He's going to torch everybody. If he stays healthy, he's going to do whatever he wants this coming season. So, yeah, that's not going to be the barometer. I think that what you're looking for in this spring game is, number one, what do the rotations look like? Can it tell you yep. anything? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, and then number two, does anybody make any individual plays that jump out to you. One guy that I, I have seen a few different reports, Jameer Johnson, uh, transfer from Texas. I, I have seen some reports that, you know, on multiple different days that he's made some really nice individual plays uh, against good IU receivers. So 
things like that, where it's a one-on-one battle between a receiver and a defensive back, and the DB makes a good play. Those are the types of things you can take from the spring game and say, okay, maybe we got something with that guy. Yeah, that, and I, I, like, how do you play fundamentally? Are you grabbing? Are there defensive holdings? Are there pass interferences? Are you getting your hand on the ball? And like you said, making plays. Um, People are going to get beat. That's part of um, Coach Guerrero's defense is that, you know, sometimes you're just going to give up explosive plays. That's the game. That's the game now. You just have to limit how many and how far they go. Um, so you do have some, make some yourself. Yes. And make some yourself. So if you cancel those out, both on defense and on offense, then yeah, you're in business. Um, you know, Kobe minor has been playing well. He's a transfer, um, from, from UTEP. Um, and then you've got youngsters, redshirt freshmen like Trevell Mullen, uh, you know, Philip Dunham's a sophomore in the secondary back there as well. There's just a lot of, and this is why, like, I'm excited. I'm not excited because I think IU is going to go 10 and two or 11 and one or nine and three or eight and four. I'm excited because there's so many battles to cover on this team right now. And there's so much to talk about. Um, that That's why I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, you know, Tyreek McDaniel is another one uh, that yeah. you, you talk about Lewis Moore. He's another guy that people have been talking about uh, as well. There are, it's, you haven't seen them put it together, defensive back, but given the last two years where they've struggled, a complete overhaul isn't the worst thing in the world, like you said. So, yeah, that's, I think, if you're looking at the defense, that's probably what you're looking at um, there. Yep, yep. Absolutely. I, I the last one that I, I want to point out, and we you're not gonna see this much in the spring game, um, if at all. I, I, I don't know. Um, but I did want to mention just because it's a guy that has been getting so many uh, positive reviews from spring, and that's James Evans. Um just every report that I've read that mentions special teams kind of goes out of the way to, to talk about how well James Evans appears to be punting the ball uh, and how comfortable he looks booming kicks. So James Evans is kind of the last guy that I wanted to mention. You're not going to see much special teams wise. Um, you'll see, I, you know, I bet you'll see them do in terms of but, coverage or anything like that. Like, I think yeah. you'll see him punt. I don't think you'll see yeah. a punt return, but you'll see them go yeah. like a, a skelly punt and things like that. And yeah, it, it's, I only saw him punt this spring inside and he was booming the ball. A couple of them get caught up in the ceiling in Mellencamp, um, which that's another conversation for another day. But, um, uh-huh. you know, you're, now we're outside. You can see him boom the ball. He was terrific last year. I think what he needs to work on is getting punts off a little bit quicker in pressure situations. Yep. He had that costly punt block against Nebraska. And yeah, it probably didn't mean anything against Ohio State, but it also led to a touchdown drive against Ohio State. 
uh, and, and things like that. So if there's anywhere that he could improve, it's his speed getting kicks off and, and limiting blocks. Because having two two pump blocks, one return for a touchdown, and one setting up an opponent uh, in, in good scoring position is not how you win games, especially in the Big Ten uh, and, and things like that. But, um, you know, field goal kicking, uh, it's it's been Chris Freeman. You have Nico Radicic is going to join the team in the, in the summer. So that competition really hasn't been a competition, but Freeman's looked pretty good uh, and, and consistent. And then you have Alejandro Quintero, who's also like backup. He could do everything. He could kick field goals. He could punt and he could do kickoffs. And I think he's going to be your kickoff guy uh, come the fall. But I don't see them, like you said, I don't see them doing much kickoffs. Um, or much, much punting. You might get some field goals uh, because they they just don't have depth. I think they only have one or two kickers in spring camp, and that's Quintero, Quintero and, and Chris Freeman. Um, yeah. So, you know, we'll see. I just hope that this spring football event is fun and it creates that atmosphere of, hey, on Saturdays, we're going down to Bloomington. We're going to have a good time at the football game, regardless of the outcome and things like that, because unlike college basketball, college football is all about the atmosphere before and during the game. Basketball, it's a lot of atmosphere before because it is in the winter and there's no tailgating for basketball and, and things like that. But for football, you, you could grill out uh, and drink and all that stuff and, and take in the festivities on the outside and, and hopefully – this is a dry run for, you know, some football Saturdays in the fall where IU comes up with some activities for kids, uh, which they'll have on Saturday up on the south on the sample terrace uh, on the south end zone. They'll have autographs with players, which I know it's hard to do in season, but, you know, it, it's it's just a way to get kids hooked. And once your kids hooked? you're you're in because you know kids ask you hey can we go to game can we go to the game it's like that simpsons clip where they just annoy yeah. homer into taking them to the water park so yeah um, yeah yeah you you gotta you give in it's true yeah. it's true don't tell them that though you just got a hard sell you know um but yes eventually everybody gives in so that's that's the what my part is they know yeah that's my take. They do know. They're a lot smarter than they look. Yeah. Even like the kindergartners I teach, they are manipulative. Um, but, yeah. but enough about kids. The spring game, uh, you know, it, it's it is what it is. It's spring game. You're, I, I'm happy they're having fans in. It, although it's not going to be streaming, but maybe that's a good thing. It's not streaming. Maybe they show a little bit more on offense uh, and, and things like that because you can't just get the feed off of BTN or whatever would be streaming um, and, and things like that. So it's it's an exciting time. It's a good way to close spring spring camp, which spring ball can be so tedious as well, especially for some upperclassmen. Uh, and you just hope that nobody gets injured on Saturday and uh, and people get out of 
you know, get out of Bloomington healthy and get out with a, a good look at the, at the team and, and what to work on for, for the summer. Uh, any final thoughts, TJ? I think it's uh, good for Indiana football to open up a little bit and do this. I hope that the players have fun. I hope the fans have fun. I hope the coaches have fun. You know, it's kind of a, a reward for a, a hard spring session coming to an end. Obviously, you want to get good work done and, and improve your football team and, and accomplish some things, keep everybody healthy. Uh, but but first and foremost, I hope that there's some connections made uh, that, that, you know, makes the more Indiana football fans. And that that's, uh, that's to be the goal, and hopefully that's what gets accomplished in addition to, you know, IU football having a, a good day on the field as well and taking another step towards hopefully – returning to a bowl game, you know, every time you take the field, that's something the coaches are, are looking for is what did you do today to make yourself better? Uh, and that's, that's going to be their chance, but I hope that, uh, hope they have fun. Like you said, the weather holds out um, and that it's a good day for everybody that goes and something that makes them want to pursue additional IU football experiences in Bloomington. It's a special thing uh, to be able to do that. So, um, I hope everybody has a, a good time. We will, of course, recap uh, with our site. We'll have a, a podcast at some point after the spring game talking about uh, what was seen and about, okay, what now? You know, after spring, what needs addressed in the transfer portal? Uh, what does Indiana need to do to finalize the roster, give themselves the best chance that they can have uh, to get back to six wins in 2023. That's kind of next for our site. We will take in the spring game and uh, give everybody the, the content you want from that. And then we'll look forward to, to what's next for the Hoosiers. Yeah, absolutely. Zach Green and myself will be down at the game uh, interviewing Tom Allen afterwards, watching uh, from the press box or the stands or even on the field. Uh, we'll have everything from down there. Uh, if you see us at the at the game, please feel free to say hi, ask us questions, hang out. Um, you know, I'll try and make it around the stands as well. It's awesome inter, uh, interacting with with fans and and seeing people who, um, you know, uh, we've become friendly with over you know the last ten years. We are entering our tenth season uh, at at Hoosier Huddle, so that that is uh, pretty special. But yeah. Spring practice, then we have the countdown coming, um, you know, around Memorial Day weekend, and we we get yep. through our, our summer previews and all that stuff. Uh, some big Big Ten news is uh, they have their commissioner uh, named, so we'll see. Maybe we'll get an answer on the future scheduling, uh, the future of divisions in the Big Ten. I bet we'll start in 2024, so look out for that news as well. Um, as always, keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook as well. So, TJ, thanks for joining us. Have a, uh, have a great time. Uh, enjoy the weather and, and hopefully enjoy spring uh, the spring uh, football uh, game as well. All right, that does it for the Hoosier Huddle podcast tonight. Again, a reminder, the uh, Indiana football spring football events is on April 15th, this Saturday, 
at 11 a.m. Practice starts at 11 a.m. I believe the doors open on the south side at 11 a.m. If you haven't listened to our podcast with Jeremy Gray uh, that we recorded last weekend, he goes through all the details uh, of what they'll have. There'll be food, there'll be games, uh, and, and things like that. So looking forward to it. Scrimmage from 11.30 to 12.30, and Tom Allen will address the crowd, and I believe there will be an autograph session afterwards as well, and hopefully the weather uh, stays nice. It's been nice this last week, so hopefully the rain stays away until after everything is done in Bloomington. Again, thank you for listening. Uh, Rate, subscribe, like, uh, comment too. Uh, We appreciate all your feedback, so thanks for joining Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.